Welcome to the Delve Into Money podcast. I am your host, Curtis Haney. This is the personal finance podcast where we attempt to demystify money by reviewing books and applying what we learn to our own financial journeys. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Delve Into Money podcast for episode number 43. Today, we're going to talk about a topic that has really been on my mind a lot lately, and it's tangentially related to money, but not directly related to money. It's definitely related to your job performance. It's definitely related to your family relationships, definitely related to a number of things that will affect your outcomes with money. So I feel like it's still an appropriate topic to talk about. I decided to talk about this because of a book I read and actually some things I disagreed with in the book. So that book was a book called Stolen Focus. And it was written by a guy named Johan Hari. And he has written a number of other books, and I had seen this book, and because I'm very much trying to figure out how to get rid of distraction in my life, I felt like it would be a good book to help me dive further deep into the idea of focus and why we can't pay attention. So when I started reading this book, I was expecting to love the book. When I first got into it, it was talking a lot about uh, why we need to improve our uh, focus. The first cause that he lists, he goes through and he lists a number of causes. Um, He lists 12 causes, and the first one he talks about uh, the increased speed, switching, and filtering in our world today, and how. In 1986, we would be exposed to 1485 page newspapers a day with all the info that we got. And by 2007, that had gone from 14 a day to 174 a day. And so we're exposed to all this information. I can absolutely relate to this because I've bragged and talked about in the past how I was in the top 1% of Pocket users, which Pocket is an app where you can save articles to read for later. And so I made it a habit of daily going in and reading these articles. And I felt like it was a great way to keep up on what was going on in the world. But the reality is, is very much of that content was not actionable. It was filling me, but it was not things that were helping me get towards a success or a goal and really just became noise in the background. So I was really resonating with this book at first. But one of the first stories he talks about in this book is he talks about how he had promised his um, son, I think, or, or, or someone related to him that they would travel to Graceland to visit Elvis Presley's estate in there in 
Great Britain. So it was a long trip that this would take. And he had put this off because of just various excuses. And one day he decided he was tired of making the excuse of why he couldn't do it. And they scheduled the trip. And while on the trip, they realized that these self-guided tours were going on and they were giving people iPads and they were looking at these iPads and blank facely walking around the estate and how everyone was just distracted by their devices. And so he got into, I guess, a little altercation, you might call it, details of it are not important, but he's frustrated with all the distraction and and how the trip did not turn out like he was expecting it to. So his response to this was to pull back and completely withdraw for a period of time, get rid of his phone, get rid of all internet connection, and use a time to kind of desensitize himself to get out of that world. And he did this, and it's through this process that he wrote about this book, did all this research about this book. And I, I got to the end of this first story about what his outcome was and what he decided to do, and I found myself a little bit uneasy with the whole situation. See, the reality is that a detox of some sort is great. And I think we do need to, to detox from just the distractions from the day-to-day technology that's around us. But more and more technology and more and more distractions are going to be entering this world. So all you're doing when you pull back from everything is you're getting yourself to this supposed ideal state and then you're entering back into the world and it's like you're degrading the whole time and it's getting worse and worse and you're getting more and more distracted until you have to go back into this cycle of getting away and resetting your system. And so while detox is good for getting awareness of what you're doing, I don't think it's the answer to living in this distracted world because we don't get to pull ourselves away and it doesn't just fix everything all of a sudden. The only way we can fix things is becoming aware of them, which detox is great for, but then we have to learn to live with what's around us because if we don't live with what's around us well, we're going to continue to have to detox more and more and more And it just creates a cycle that is overall just a negative cycle. And then he goes further on in the book and he talks about how most of these problems are societal problems. They're driven by these big corporations and by people that are trying to get your attention, people that are trying to distract you because their business models rely on that distraction. And that these problems are very systematic. And I, I agree that these problems are systematic. But he rejects what he talks about, this individualistic self-help advice, and basically says that you can't control your focus. And it's up to the legislature, it's up to us as a people to rise up and stop these corporations, put laws into place to stop them from stealing 
our focus. And what he does when he talks about this and what he ends up doing is he focuses on these big picture things and really marginalizes the daily actions that you can take to regain your focus. He removes your locus of control and basically says it's inevitable that they're going to overcome you, which is why it's so important that you get away and and reject all of these things for a period of time for as long as you can, because that's the only way that you can combat them. And I just don't agree with that at all. In the same way, using this logic, if they're trying to steal your focus, these food companies are trying to add pounds to you, or your weeds are trying to steal your nice lawn. The reality is no one has the same motivation that you do, or very few people have the same motivation that you do. When you run a company, your desire is to provide a service or a product, but it's to make money, right? And you have no reason to do that outside of making money. And so making money is not a bad thing and you're going to be driven to push some lines sometimes. Not saying that's right, but the reality is that's their job. Your job is to take control of yourself. And this idea that legislature or something else is going to start helping you control your focus or control yourself to get away from distraction is not true at all. As a Christian, I see this world as a sinful place. We're told that the world was perfect, but that our sin entered the world, and from that point on, it has continued to degrade. Our perfect grass isn't the natural state. Perfect self-control isn't the natural state. So while absolutely they've engineered our food to be addictive, and sure, people are just trying to get your attention, but those facts don't take away that your life is your responsibility. In this book, he seems to advocate that instead it's not your fault and even brags with arguing about people who want to give tips and tricks on how to be more focused. Like the only option, exclusive of other options, is that we need to fix these darn companies, that we need to fix the legislatures, that any effort short of that is not worth taking. So it puts you, as the reader of this book, in the state of mind that the only thing you can do is seek out this justice for the world. And that there's no reason to fight against them because they are just going to outpower you and make everything not matter because they're just going to get your focus anyways. And I don't believe that to be true. There are ways that we as an individual can control our focus. And I've seen some talk about how, well, that idea is a privileged idea, and I don't agree with that at all. Sure, there's some things that me being in the position I'm in allow me to have a little bit more control over our focus. That's absolutely the case. That's absolutely going to be the case because we're not all in the same place at the same time. 
with the same circumstances, but everyone has an element of focus. You choose whether you get the iPhone. You choose whether you turn your notifications on or off. You choose the way you interact with the world around you, the media you consume, the mindsets that you take. And for some people, it's absolutely going to be a little bit harder than other people, but the reality is that's what we call life. So when we look at focus, there's a few things that I believe. First, we need to figure out how to live inside a tech-enabled world. We are never going to be able to escape this world. The reality is the world is becoming more and more filled with things that are supposed to help us, but promote or provide opportunities to distract us. Number two, your focus or lack of it is your responsibility. Sure, there are things that are fighting against you, and we need to acknowledge those things. We need to be aware of those things, and that's where some of these books and some of this content is good because it helps raise that awareness. But ultimately, you need to take control, and you can take control. I hope that's an encouragement, whereas I feel like this idea that we don't have the control just beats you down even more. And then number three, this is a problem that's not going away. Nothing will ever fix this. This is kind of an iteration of the first point, right? We're always going to have tech around us. But the reality is it's a false assumption to think that some outside force is going to fix this for us. The reality is people have struggled with focus for years and years and years, and people will continue to struggle with their focus. I'm sure that there were the people in the hunter-gatherer days that struggled with their focus. They weren't as good hunters. They weren't as good cooks. They weren't as good community members because they weren't good at focusing. And I'm sure they had to figure out ways to improve their focus in just that same way. We need to take that responsibility and work on improving our focus as well. So to wrap this episode up, I'm going to mention a few things, some from the book, some of my own accord that we can do to improve our focus. The first one that we can do is we can be cognizant of our information sources and the information velocity. The reality is we put ourselves in front of a lot of information and we make it hard for us to grapple with complex or challenging material. So we need to choose how we're going to consume content and the space that we're going to give between consumption of one piece to consumption of the next piece. The other thing that we can do is we can get rid of distractions. We can set up our environment in a way that distractions are limited, which will help us focus more on one task. That's another thing of this idea of multitasking is extremely dangerous because our minds don't actually multitask. They jump from one to the other and this breaks our focus. So anything that we're needing to focus on that needs intense focus to be done well and effectively is being 
suffocated by this idea that we can multitask on these things. The third way that we can improve our focus is we can get more sleep. Scientifically, it's very clearly linked that lack of sleep is going to lead to lower alertness, slower thought processing, and reduced concentration. The fourth one is we can increase our physical activity. If you're not getting enough physical activity, it's likely that you have tightness. It's likely that you have anxiety. This physical activity is going to help your body regulate itself. It's going to keep you in good health and it's going to make you able to focus for longer. Food is also something that really messes with your focus. If you have uh, food that takes you on highs and lows constantly, it's 100% going to affect your focus. It's going to make it harder for you to focus on the things that truly matter. Next, you can practice uh, mindfulness or meditation. It's the idea of getting away and focusing your mind on breathing, focusing your mind on the things that are going to help you practice longer lengths of focus. Somewhat counterintuitively, breaks are a great way to get better at focus because we can't focus for long, super long periods of time. So these breaks will help our mind wander for a bit and then pull us back in to focus. So these are enough tips for today. I hope that this was helpful to you. I hope that you can understand where I'm coming from. I hope I don't sound like the just grumpy old man here on this podcast today. But I think it's really important that we know that we can make decisions day in and day out that help us become more focused and that it's within our control to do that. And from that, we will be better at our job, we'll be better with our family, and all of those things will help us with our financial outcomes. It will help us with our decision-making. It's very clear scientifically that when in poverty, it actually hurts your decision-making. And it's not any fault of those people. It's just the stress that that creates. So when we're stressed or not well rested or not eating the right foods or don't have a good environment, all of these things are hurting our financial outcomes. And so it's important that we look at everything within this realm, anything that we can do to set ourselves up for the future. Probably in the future, I'm going to talk about this more, just to be honest. I'm looking at ways to really dive into this topic deep because I think it's one of those things that's extremely important as we move forward. I think the people that are able to focus are going to be the people that have the greatest and best outcomes in the future. And so it's important that we learn how to do it now because it's not going away and it's only going to get worse or it's only going to get harder. So it's with that, I want to thank you so much for listening. Until next week, remember, healthy financial decisions are intentional financial decisions. Intentional decisions this week lead to a healthy financial future. Start today. We'll see you next week.